This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. to uh, share a few things about the resurrection and the why of it. I want to read something out of Luke's gospel over here. What we generally call Luke 24, the the Easter Easter passage of Scripture, if you will, about Christ's resurrection. It says, on the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Amen. He's not here. He has risen Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And then I want us to look after Jesus' resurrection. I want us to look over in verse 45 there. This is after Jesus had appeared to the to the women, to the two men on the road to Emmaus, and now he has appeared to his disciples. It says, He opened their minds so that they could understand the Scripture, and he told them, This is what is written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You know, our relationship with God, all this month, we're going to be talking about faith walking with God. You know, a relationship in Christianity, the relationship uh, with God is all about the faith, grace, provision that He has provided for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's what it's about. It's not about keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not about keeping some rules. It's not about all of those things. It's about a personal relationship with God. But it's also, it's by faith through grace. God has provided through His Son, Jesus Christ, a way whereby we can come to Him personally. To have our sins forgiven, but not only that, to have a relationship with God. So all this month, beginning today, we're going to be talking about faith walking with God. Because this is really what it's about. It starts with faith. We continue uh, to go, as the Scriptures say, from faith to faith in our relationship with God. So that's what it's about. And we're going to be talking about that all this month. But today we're going to be talking especially about the beginning of this faith life. And it really begins... When we acknowledge and recognize who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. The Bible says that there is no other provision that's been made for you and I to come to God and to have a right relationship with God except by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at 
why Jesus died. You know, a lot of people ask me, people, uh, you know, who, who, uh, friends of mine maybe, or people that I know that maybe they're not believers or they're not sure. You know, the question always arises, well, why did Jesus have to die? Why did the Son of God have to die? And you know what? I think that's a very good question. That's a very intelligent question. Amen. So we want to look at today when we talk about why, we want to talk about why Jesus died and what His resurrection has accomplished and, and how we can t- uh, partake of the benefit of it today. In 1 John chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. I'm going to be reading it if you don't. But if you want to follow along in your Bible, you can. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, the Apostle John, the beloved Apostle, is speaking here. And he says this, he says, Jesus Christ, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So the first reason, the primary reason Jesus died, the Apostle John tells us, is for our sins. Now this is the thing, you know, uh, as wonderful as you are, as gifted as you are, as smart as you are, with all those things you got going for you, and we, we applaud you for them. The Bible still says that every one of us, from the greatest to the least, from the highest IQ to the lowest, from the most beautiful to the rest of us, everyone has this in common. Everyone sinned. The Bible says we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Now, here's the thing. You might have got closer to it than I did, but the problem is, you know, if, if we're on a, a 30-story building going to jump off the rooftop, you know, uh, 15 feet across to the next rooftop, and I jump, and I make it 8 feet and fall, and you jump and make it 10 feet and fall, and somebody else jumps and makes it 13 feet, well, the, the end result's the same, isn't it? If none of us can reach it, we all fall. And that's what he's talking about. God's standard of righteousness and justice is not the same as ours. And because it was an impossible gap, it was an impossible chasm for us to leap. Any man, no matter how, how uh, able you are, how wonderful you are, how good your intentions are, every one of us, none of us could reach that chasm. So the Bible says that Jesus came, He took upon Himself the form of a man, He lived a perfect life, and it says He went to a place called Calvary, a cross. And there, He died for our sins. He died for my sins. He died for your sins. So why, why did Jesus die for our sins? For our justification. Look in, uh, if you will, look in Romans chapter 4. Justification just means so that what we can be declared what to be in right standing, to meet God's right uh, standard of justice. We, we, we measure up. We measure up because of what Jesus did. Romans 4, 25, listen to this. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Now, justification is just a term that means to be declared innocent or righteous of all charges. I've been justified. We have been acquitted. God looks at you and I when we put our faith in Jesus, and He looks at us, but He doesn't look at us just as we are. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus, and He says, you know what? It's sufficient. The price is paid. You're forgiven. 
As a matter of fact, the Scriptures go even further than saying we're forgiven. It really, the connotation is this, that all the charges that were written out on paper against us, literally all the writing was taken off of the paper, so it's just a blank sheet. Wow. So we've been justified. Why did Jesus die? He died for our sins, and He died, what? That we might be justified. And by being justified, it means that what? I am brought back into a right relationship with God. You say, well, why do I need a right relationship with God? Well, He's the one that created you. Isn't that right? He's the giver of life. He's the one that created us. If He created us and He's the giver of life, I want to tell you, why would you not want a relationship with Him? Why would you not want to, to come to know Him in all of His love and all of His grace and all of His goodness and all of His wisdom? Not only in this life, but for the life to come. He, he died. Why did Jesus die? He died for our sins. And the Bible says not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. That's why we're to go out and tell everybody, aren't we? We tell everybody about a free gift. Isn't that right? I mean, what if you heard about, you know, Bill Gates is going to be at a certain, such and such a place, you know, uh, one day in April, and, uh, you know, and everybody that shows up, he's going to give them $1,000. Would you feel embarrassed to tell somebody about, you know, Bill Gates is going to be over there and he's giving away $1,000? Man, I'd want to tell everybody I saw, wouldn't you? Hey, did you hear Bill Gates is giving away $1,000 to everybody that shows up? Are you listening? We'd be quick to tell everybody. Well, you know, God's giving away something a lot better than $1,000. It'd be great to have $1,000. That'd be, that'd be good. But you know what? You spend it and it's gone. Isn't that right? But what Jesus is offering is forever. Not only in this life, but for the life to come. To have peace, to have joy, and to be in a right relationship with God. What a wonderful way to live life. Isn't that true? Absolutely. It was to satisfy God's justice. You're right there. Look in Romans 5 verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, are made righteous are in right standing, or brought back into right fellowship with God through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So why did Jesus have to die? Number one, for our sins. Number two, that we might be declared and made righteous. And number two, three, so that what? God could be justified in forgiving us. You know, God had a conundrum. When man sinned and fell, God had a conundrum. How could He forgive man, overlook man's sin, and justify them, but at the same time, keep his righteous uh, nature intact. So in other words, he couldn't just sweep it under the rug because of his righteous nature. He's God. He's holy. He can't just overlook it. See, a lot of people in the world think, well, you know, if God's God, and he's, you know, everybody will make it to heaven. He'll just, you know, he'll just overlook it, and he'll just look at everybody, and, you know, uh, he'll look and understand that everybody did the best they could and so forth. But, see, we have to understand God is holy. He is a righteous God. He is, he is also a judge. He judges what is right according what to his holy nature, not according to what man's standard is but according to his standard so he was in a conundrum he wanted to save his man 
He loved his man. But he was also, at the same time, he couldn't violate who he was. So what did he do? He sent his son Jesus. He says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a way myself. I'm going to pay the price myself so that you can be forgiven and justified. And in doing it, I can still keep my character. I can still be a holy God. And not only that, I can make you holy. Wow. No wonder Paul said the wisdom of God. God is so wise. So Jesus died for our sins that we might be justified, that we might be brought back into a right relationship with God. That's so such a powerful thing. You remember Jesus, when we read there in Luke, He said that repentance, that repentance, it was necessary that the Messiah, the Lamb of God, should be what? Should be betrayed, should, be, uh, should go to the cross and die for the sins of the world and the third day be raised up and that in His name, repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached. And that's what we're doing. That's really what our job is. We go around and tell everybody, listen, God's not mad at you. God has already provided a free gift for you. All you got to do is receive it. So that's the why of Jesus dying. But then what Jesus' resurrection accomplished? What did it accomplish? Look over in Hebrews chapter 1. It's the, the, the resurrection of Jesus declared Him to be the Son of God. Now, you know, there had been many men before Jesus, good men, who had died. They had died for what they believed in. They had died uh, for the message and the life they lived. There had been a lot of martyrs that had died, not only in Israel, but in many nations of the world. There had been many men that had died, what we would call good men. But their death could not provide for the forgiveness of sins. No matter how much we may esteem uh, their life and, and maybe some of their teachings, there was a difference between them and Jesus. You know, a lot of people want to compare to Jesus maybe to Muhammad or Confucius or, or, or somebody, some great philosopher. But the difference is, although we may admire some of the things those men or women taught, when they died, that was it. They stayed in the grave. But Jesus, because of His resurrection, He was declared to be the Son of God. Hebrews 1.3, it says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being, and He sustains all things by His powerful Word. <coughs> Pardon me. After He had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the Majesty in heaven. He was declared to be the Son of God. And I want to read another scripture in Romans 1, 4. Listen to this. And who through the Spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. When He was raised from the dead, it signified that God had authenticated that Jesus was who He said He was, had accomplished what He had sent Him to do, and it was settled. Wow. See, if Jesus had stayed in the grave, there wouldn't have been any reason for us all to be here this morning. 
We could have been out on the lake or doing something else or whatever, sleeping in or whatever. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, He was declared by the Father God and by all of heaven forever. He was declared to be the unique Son of God. And that God had accepted His sacrifice for the sins of humanity. Wow. That makes it pretty important, doesn't it? The fact that He was raised from the dead. Wow. And in in Hebrews it says He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Wow. Declared to be the Son of God. God declared, it declares that God accepted His sacrifice in justifying us. I'm so glad that it's not up to me to do everything just right. Wow, have you tried to do everything just right so far? How's that working out for you? Boy, I'm telling you what, as soon as you start doing that, you immediately realize how much you need Jesus. Oh, man, you know, I get these three ducks in a row and the other six are all messed up. I get two or three of them in a row and the last three I got, they are all messed up. Amen? Because none of us are perfect. And, you know, I have good news for you. God didn't call you to be perfect. He called you to put your faith in the perfect one, Jesus Christ. Amen? And His perfection will be accounted to your credit. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. See, I've got a large bank account. Amen? And, and, and the primary one on that bank account is Jesus Christ. But all that He's provided... In his death, his burial, and his resurrection, now it's become also mine. So my name's on that count, you know. Cindy and I have a joint account. Both our names are on it. Hallelujah. So either one of us, what, we can sign from it. When you put your faith in Jesus and believing on him, all that he is and all that he did is provided for you. Wow. Man, I'm telling you. And also it assures our resurrection. Look in Romans 6. You know, anybody got relatives or friends or loved one that's gone on in death? Boy, I have. I got parents. I got sisters. I got brothers. I got friends and brothers in the Lord that have gone on. You know what? The difference between Christianity and any other religion in the world is that we have hope for those who have died. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why? Because of the resurrection. And look here in 6.5, Romans 6.5, listen to this. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will also certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Wow. Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says that in that resurrection power and body of Jesus, death has no more power over Him. Hallelujah. He is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That's what His resurrection means. And it also means that we will share in that resurrection. Hallelujah. One day, all those who have died in the Lord, they're going to get a brand new body. The Bible says that when Jesus returns, the angel is going to sound a trumpet. If you read the, the connotation there is, is that when that that trumpet sounds, it's going to get louder and louder and louder. You know, 
when, when a person blows on a trumpet, they can only go so long, and then it's going to get lower and lower and lower. But there's going to be a special trumpet that's going to be blown, and it's going to get louder and louder and louder. And he said that the, the power of God is going to reach down into those graves or into the sea or wherever they've been, and there's going to be a brand new body. And he said, we're going to forever be with the Lord. There's a resurrection. We have a hope of resurrection. Amen? So why did Jesus die? He died for our sins. He died that we might be resurrected. He died so that God could forgive us and keep His holy character intact. And also so that what? We could be partakers of that new life and that resurrection. Hallelujah. We're talking about resurrection. We're talking about a new life. We're talking about faith walking with God. You know, everything about Christianity hinges on faith. Are you listening? See, all that I've just shared to the natural mind, this sounds like this is, this is, this is incredible. This, is just, this just seems too far-fetched. That's what the natural mind. I remember the first time I heard it, I said, that's the craziest thing I've heard. I'm just being honest with you. You know, I mean, raised from the dead, come on. Who's raised from the dead? I've never seen anybody raised from the dead. Maybe you have, but I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead. But everything about Christianity is, is about faith. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe. Believe that He is. But you must believe. That Christianity is all about faith. Without faith, Christianity has no life and no power. See, that's why you can hear the gospel and hear the good news, but it doesn't do anything for your life. It doesn't change you. It doesn't transform you. It doesn't, it doesn't seem real to you. But as soon as you're willing to take that step of faith and mix faith with what you are hearing, all of a sudden, God's presence, God's power, God's Spirit will move in your life and there will be a understanding that surpasses reason. Come on. Come on. Isn't that true? Absolutely. How many of you have experienced that? It is a faith that steps out and says, you know what? I'm going to believe what the Gospel says, what the Scriptures say, and in believing that, we embrace its reality. Amen? We're talking about faith walking with God. Walking, believing, trusting in God as Savior. Trusting in God, love. Trusting in God's grace. And trusting in the provision that Jesus has given to us. But we have to receive it. And that takes a step of faith. He that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder. How will He reward you? The first way is with a brand new life. If any man believes in Him, he is and will become a brand new creature or creation. We are God's workmanship, the Scripture says, created in Christ Jesus. When we put our faith in the, the finished work of Jesus, in the power of His resurrection, the Bible says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, comes into our life. 
And He makes us a brand new creature. So much so that we are called now the sons of God, the daughters of God. We're brand new people in Him. Amen? I know that was true in my case. If you'd have known me before, B.C., before Christ, I know. You see me now and you say, boy, God bless Pastor Norris. He needs a lot of help. Well, that's true. But boy, you should have seen me before. If you think it's, 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 it's not too good now, you should have seen me before. I can testify. There is a peace. There is a joy. There is a difference. There is a transformation that takes place on the inside of us when we choose to walk with God, when we choose to express and, and to just exercise simple faith in the gospel. Wow. The good news. We have a new life now. The Bible says we're raised up with Him. Turn over to Ephesians. I alluded to this just a minute ago, but I want you to read it. There's something powerful. The Bible says God's Word is alive. The, book, the words in this book, the Bible, they are alive. They are God-breathed. And when those words, when they are heard, and when we really listen to them, when we embrace them, the Bible says that in those words, faith comes. From those words, life can come into us. Because they're God's words. They're God-breathed. Amen? When we say God-breathed, God doesn't breathe like a man. God doesn't in, you know, God's not breathing in oxygen and breathing out, you know. <laughs> that, that's not, when, when we say God-breathed... In the Scriptures, the word for breath is also translated spirit. So when we say it's God-breathed, we mean that it's by the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit of God, these words have been given to us. So here in Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to begin reading in verse 4. Verse 4, it says this, But because of His great love for us, why did Jesus come and die? Because of His great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy... Oh, aren't you glad he's rich in mercy? Man, I'm needing mercy every day, Bruce. Every day, God's rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. See, every person that is not in Christ, that has not accepted Christ, the Bible says he's dead in transgressions. You say, well, Pastor, I'm alive. Just like you, I got up this morning, I had my breakfast, I brushed my teeth, I dressed, I came to church. But the Bible says that there's something that happens on the inside of us. When we put our faith in Jesus, the Bible says we are made a brand new person. God's life, God's nature comes into us. And so much so that He says we've been made alive with Christ. It is by grace that you have been saved. Grace just means this, God's unearned favor. Hallelujah. Unearned favor. I'm going to tell you what, I haven't earned anything from God, but I sure have received a lot because of His mercy and because of His grace. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourself, it is the gift of God. 
not by works so that no one can boast. Wow. I'm so glad it's not by works. I'm so glad it's not that I've got to cross every T and dot every I, get all my ducks in a row, do everything right. I mean, boy, if you ever, uh, probably most of us, even us, those of us who are believers in Jesus, who uh, have received this life, maybe there's been times when you tried to measure up. Boy, I'm telling you, how'd that work out? It's tough, isn't it? But God didn't call us to measure up. He called us to accept the free gift of His Son. He said, if you just believe that what Jesus did, He did for you. That what Jesus did, it, it came from God's love, from God's mercy, from God's grace. And we'll just believe and receive that. He said, then you know what? It's enough. You've arrived. Are you listening? If you've got Jesus in your life, you've arrived. That doesn't mean we're not still growing. That doesn't mean we're not still learning. But as far as being accepted by God, you're as accepted now as you'll ever be in eternity. Amen? Because it's not by our works that we are justified. We are made right with God. It is by believing on His Son. Amen? So we're raised up together with Him. And you know... Not only that, we're raised up together with Him, but God says that we have a brand new life right now. Jesus said this in John 10.10. He said, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly or have it to the full. You know, there's, there's physical life. We know that. Isn't that true? physical life you don't think you got a physical body let your neighbor pinch you real hard you've got a physical life but the life is more than just the physical there's there's mental intellect and emotional the bible calls that the soul of man but then there's the innermost part of man the part of man that is made in the image of god the spirit of man and this is where god works he works from the inside out now, you know, most of us as humans, we want to work from the outside the other way, don't we? We want to make sure that, you know, we, we dress right, we look right, you know, uh, we say all the right buzzwords and everything, you know, everything we're trying, we try to measure up that way from the outside. But God begins on the inside, and He says He's going to give you a brand new life. And that life begins in this life. And continues on into eternity. But Jesus said, He said, I've come that you might have life. Part of that life is what? Peace. You know how many people are looking for peace? I mean, what's, I mean, even, I mean, if, in, in, even in political circles, what is everybody talking about? Peace? Boy, if we could just find peace in the Middle East or, or peace with North Korea, or peace with the races, or peace with this, or peace with that. or every, It's all about peace, even in our own nation. Everybody's talking about peace, aren't they? How, how can we get along with one another? How, how can we find peace with one another? Well, we can't until we get peace in ourselves. And this is what Jesus said He gives. The first thing He gives is peace. That peace comes, why? Because no longer are we feeling guilty and condemned. But now we know that what? We've been made right with God. And since I've been forgiven, it makes it easy for me to forgive you. Isn't that right? You know, the Bible talks about 
you know, Jesus in one of his parables talked about, uh, you know, uh, a man who owed his master. He was in debt millions of dollars. And he, he you know, his master said, sell everything he's got, you know, sell, sell everything. You know, especially in those days, they had debtor's prison. He said, sell everything he's got and put the guy in jail until he can pay everything. You know, I don't know how much you're going to pay while you're in jail. But that, the prospects didn't sound good, did it? And so he fell down and he said, have patience with me and I'll repay everything. And it says that his, the, the man that he owed the money to his master was moved with compassion and forgave him the whole debt. Wow. I mean, wouldn't it be something you went to the mailbox one day and said, you know, just want to let you know you got a letter from, you know, some kind of uh, law firm that says, uh, now, uh, an anonymous person has paid all your debts. Your house is paid off. Your credit cards are paid off. Your car is paid off. You're free and clear. Oh, you'd be doing more than that. <laughs> you'd be hollering and jumping and shouting. And, isn't that right? Oh, you'd be happy. You'd be happy. But I want to tell you what. God has paid off a debt that's greater than your house, greater than your car. It is an eternal debt that was impossible to be paid by anyone, no matter how good they are. He's paid the debt. So the Bible says we've got a brand new life. But the debt was paid off, and it said, but this same servant went out and found somebody, another servant that owed him ten bucks. said, hey, man, I need the ten bucks. He said, I ain't got it. He said, be patient with me and I'll pay you all. Well, I mean, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? I mean, he could probably pay 10 bucks back. But he says he wouldn't do it. He got all judgmental. He was all mad about it. So he said, no, lock him up. And, of course, you know, the end of that story was is, is, is that guy's judgment came back on him, didn't he? Because the master heard about it. But here's the thing I want you to get. When we are forgiven, we are free to forgive everybody else. Isn't that right? What is all the violence? What is, all, what is at the root of all that? There's anger. Isn't that right? There's a feeling that I've been done wrong. And you know, maybe you have. But once we're forgiven, once we have come into right relationship with God, there's a love within us, there's a realization within us of all that God is and all that He's done for us. And you know what? We just go out and begin to forgive other people. We, we can even, the Bible says, we can even forgive our enemies. Wow. Now, before I knew the Lord, before He was in my life, I didn't forgive my enemies. I got even. Now, I know you were holy. You weren't like that. But some of us, we really need this new life. We really need the work of God in our lives. We need it, you know. Because I was angry going somewhere to express itself. And I, my fuse was about that long, you know. Because I'd been kicked and pushed and cussed and done wrong and was mad at God and thought life had done me wrong, dealt me a bad hand and everything. Amen. Come on. 
So I said, oh, but Pastor Norris, you just don't know how tough I've had it. Well, you might be surprised. I had it pretty tough. Maybe you did too. But the issue is not how tough we had it. The issue is how much God offers and what it can do for our lives. Amen? You know, God's life is all about resurrection. You know, we, we talked about the most important resurrection, not only the resurrection of Jesus, but the resurrection of our lives as we come into right relationship with Him through faith. But you know, I found this out, that not only does God offer me the hope of a future resurrection, but God is about resurrecting things in my life right now. Because as bad a hand as life gave me, as, as bad as my life was before, God has redeemed and turned it around for me. He will resurrect hopes. He can resurrect your dreams. He can resurrect your future. He can resurrect so many things. He can resurrect a bad marriage. He can uh, resurrect a fractured relationship. He's in the resurrection business. I mean, it's what He does. He excels in resurrecting. And you know, I found this out. You know, if, if it's about your marriage or about a relationship or something like that, you know, through the years, you know, as a pastor, I've done a good bit of marriage counseling. And, you know, uh, you know, the couple comes in, and, you know, and right away, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, how bad the other person is and what they've done to them and how they've done this or haven't done that. And then the other one is saying the same thing. You know, I mean, I understand what they're, you know, politicians are facing in the Middle East because, you know, I've done marriage counseling. <laughs> you got both parties who think they're right and the other person is wrong. And if you just do everything I wanted you to do, it'd be all right. And they're thinking if you just do everything I wanted you to do, it'd be all right. That's kind of hard to reconcile. And I always tell people this. I said, you know what? The first place change has to take place is in us. You know, I found out that, you know, if God will do something, I allow God to do something in my life and make me new and make me whole, then all of a sudden it's amazing how the quarrels stop, how the arguments diminish. Because it's hard for one person to argue. Isn't that right? Our hopes, our dreams, our relationships, all of this is what Easter is about. God can resurrect you and give you a new life. He can resurrect your marriage, your hopes, your dreams. You know, this is what I like about God. God is a giver, not a taker. Are you listening? He's a giver, not a taker. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of peace. He's the giver of joy. He's the giver of good things in our life. He's the giver of dreams. He's the giver of hopes. God has more He wants to do for you than you desire for your own self because that's the way He is. But it starts by getting your life in the right relationship with Him. So how are we going to do that? How do we receive the benefit of this resurrection, this new life. It is by grace, not of works. I want to read this scripture again. We read it just a moment ago, but I want to read it again. We're going to, we're going to close and pray here in just a moment. Notice what he says here. 
He says, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. We are God's handiwork. It is by grace. How do we receive it? First of all, we understand it's by grace. I can't earn it. Maybe you feel like, well, I don't deserve it. Man, join, get in the line. I'm at the head of the line. Get in the line. Boy, you talk about not deserving it. I didn't deserve it. If I'd been God, I wouldn't have wanted me in on it. I'm just being honest with you. But it's what? It's by grace. Jesus paid the price. Jesus did it. It It was God's will. It was God's intention. God worked it all out. And He says, come on and get in on it. Amen? Secondly, it is by faith. How do we receive it? It is by faith. You know, my mom grew up during the Great Depression. Perhaps some of your parents did as well. Uh, but, you know, that if you grew up, especially as an adult, my mom was an adult, you grew up in the Depression, I noticed that it had a mark on people. It made a difference in their lives. Because times were hard. Times were real hard. People were, were unemployed. People would, would work all day. I mean, from sunup to sundown for a dollar a day and be, think they're blessed. It was hard. And I saw that with my mom. My mom, man, she, I mean, I remember after mom passed away and, 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 and myself and my sisters, we were going and, you know, and getting mom's house closed up and affairs straightened out. And we, we'd go, you know, going through her closet and stuff, and we'd find stuff still in the box that we had given or my sister had given her for a birthday or for Christmas or something. It was still, I mean, it was brand new, never been worn. Because that, that was mom. Mom says, you know, i got to save because, you know, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring you. You know, because she grew up during that era. It, it, was, it was tough. It was hard for mom to receive. You know, now she, she'd work hard. She didn't mind working hard for something. She'd do that. She understood that. She worked hard for it. But she had a hard time receiving things. And, you know, I found out that many times a lot of people have a hard time receiving this gift of grace. This gift of grace. It's by faith. You can't earn it. It's free. God wants you to have it. God desires to, to give it to you. And don't let a sense of, I don't deserve it. Let me just get this cleared up. None of us deserved it. From the writers of the Bible all the way down to wherever you and I are. None of us deserved it. Nobody deserved it. It is by faith. What do we mean by faith? Let me read you a scripture here, and we're going to pray in just a moment. Romans 10. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That almost sounds too easy. How could something this great, this, this, this magnanimous that God is giving to us, a right relationship, the forgiveness of all our sins, the, uh, the hope of resurrection from the dead and eternity with Him, and it's this simple? 
I declare with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. He said, you will be saved. He said, for it is with your heart that you believe and are made right with God, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's just that simple. Just that simple. Believe in our heart on the Lord Jesus Christ that he's been raised from the dead. That's, that makes Easter pretty important, doesn't it? Because without the resurrection, there's nothing to believe on. And without anything to believe on, there's no way for our sins to be forgiven. There's no way for us to come to be right with God. So we might as well, as Paul said, if, this was, if that were true, we might as well eat and drink and be, be as merry as we can because, you know, we've had it. But thank God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.